Praise God. Hey. God's good. So my name's Dave Shepherd. Um, some people call me Sheps. I don't get called Sheps so much anymore now that I'm no longer in school. But uh, I am a pastor at what is officially, as of today, Hills Baptist Church. Yeah, it's exciting. It's been a long journey. I'll tell you that. Um, so we're going to camp all day. I, uh, I oversee our, our church by Little Hampton. Yeah, God's doing some great things there. Uh, obviously, yeah, know a lot of you. I've been also involved in a ministry called Ignite. Who's heard of Ignite Ministries before? You know? Fantastic. Um, so we, uh, yeah, some of us here are part of that. And it's so good to see what God's doing. We're all part for unity um, and seeing the churches come together to be the church, not different churches. Um, and so it's my joy to come and just share with you guys tonight some of the things God's laid on my heart. So let's start with prayer and give it to God, put it in the right hands, and then we'll get into it. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done in so many people's lives. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of transformation. Lord, that you don't call us to yourself to leave us as we were, but what we just heard there, that in Christ we are a new creation. And God, I pray tonight as, as I talk, that you would talk, as, as I speak, you would speak, and your word would go forth, and you would just birth that truth in people's hearts, that they are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone, and new has come, and that in you, by the power of your spirit, we can live in victory. We can live in victory over our faults and over our flaws. We can, we can live in the grace the prevailing grace, the loving affection of the Father. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just do that tonight, but I would get out of the way and you would speak. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's children say, Amen. Amen. So, it's good to be here. Um, I'm going to talk tonight out of Luke chapter 9, um, from verse uh, sort of 57 through to 62. Um, and so, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to go there. And I want to talk on the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. Who has a Bible? Who doesn't have a Bible? Hands up. Who doesn't have a Bible on Get your phones out if you've got a phone. Uh, we'll go to Luke chapter 9. So Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62. The cost of following Jesus says this. As they, being the disciples of Jesus, were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the, bed, the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. It's fairly heavy, but I didn't come just to give you a tickle tonight. I felt like God laid some stuff on my heart that is for this community, this congregation, but I actually think it's for the church, particularly uh, the generation, the young generation coming through right now about the cost of discipleship. I remember uh, a few months ago I went to a, uh, a cafe, Doothie Street Cafe, anyone who's around that area on Doothie Street went there, I was just looking for a bit of a bit of a snack, and I went there and I saw some banana bread, you like banana bread? Yeah, it's good isn't it? So I went up and this banana 
particularly good, so I said to the person at the counter, I'd love some banana bread, thanks. They said, no worries, that'll be $12. I said to him, no, 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 I don't want the whole loaf, I just want one piece. Well, I know, that, that's how much it is, that's the cost of one piece. I was like, are you kidding me? It's, a, it's banana bread. I could make about 500 banana breads for $12. You're joking me. $12 for the entire, like for one slice of banana bread. And she goes, that's the cost if you want it. That's the cost if you want it. And so often in life when we, when we look at the world, and particularly when it comes to faith and things with God, there's certain things that we want, there's certain things that we chase, but we don't always love the cost, do we? And we want the banana bread. We want the banana bread, the good, sweet, wonderful things of life, but we're not always that keen on the cost. And even with the gospel, with walking in the kingdom realities of the gospel, Jesus says that there is a cost to those who follow him. That there is actually a cost of discipleship. That grace is free. And we hear that all the time. You know, I'm saved by faith through grace. Or I'm saved by grace through faith. And I'm, it's a free gift. It's a free gift of God. It's a free gift of God. We hear that the love of God is free. And yet when Jesus talks, he starts talking about cost. What's going on? What's the reality here? What, what is happening here? And Jesus points out some three key things when we look at this passage of what it's going to cost us, what it's going to cost God's people if they choose discipleship. Now, what is discipleship? Right? Discipleship is a really interesting word. We've been doing this series at our church around uh, a pilgrim journey, around followers of Christ. And sometimes we think that being a Christian is putting up our hand one youth event or an Easter camp or something and saying, yeah, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. We say the magic prayer and therefore that's it, I'm saved. But when we listen to Jesus, he talks about this thing of discipleship all the time. This word, this, this pilgrimage, this journey, this following. And what he's talking about is that actually means a follower of Jesus is someone who literally follows. You know, discipleship is like an apprenticeship. For those of you, anyone here did an apprenticeship or doing an apprenticeship? Yeah, like an apprenticeship is a really interesting thing where we actually, we get around someone who's more experienced and wise in that field and we just spend time with them and we just follow them around. We do what they do. And the more you do what they do, the more you walk with them, the more you learn. And the more you're actually transformed and you actually become like them. The person who, who you're following, you take on their characteristics. And this is what discipleship is. This is what the Christian faith is. It's about recognizing who our master, who our leader is, Jesus. And it's choosing to deliberately follow. It's not about being a fan. It's not about standing on the sideline and cheering when Jesus is good and when things are going well, we start booing and heckling. A disciple is a follower. Someone who follows Jesus, who actually gets out of stands, into the game, and starts walking with Christ. And as much as we don't want to hear it, it's actually going to cost us. And so Jesus outlines three things that it's going to cost you. Let's go back to that text. Because he says the first thing is going to cost you. It says, I will follow you wherever you go. 
just going to, I'm just going to. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. There's a cost of discipleship. There's a cost of actually walking with me. And that is that you would actually give up. You'd give up your comfort and you'd actually give up that, that complacency that we have. That it's like, there's no, the urgency. We, we have no, we have no urgency that this gospel is, is so significant and so important. But I, like, when I'm running late at home, like I'll dawdle, I'll take ages. My, my siblings used to call me the absent-minded professor because I would just take forever to get ready. And then that last five minutes like, we're running late, let's go, let's go, let's go. The other day I was, my wife, we're getting ready and my, my oldest son, Bailey, he's very much like me. Like, so much like me. And he was just dawdling. He was just like walking around, where you babe? Just like doing this. And I was going, like, little cranky. I'm like, hurry up, we're running late, we've got to go. Like, it just takes forever to do anything. And Joe just looks at me and goes, where do you think you got that from, love? <laughs> I was like, oh, just realizing I was basically yelling at myself. So often we have we have urgency when it suits us, but do we have urgency for, for the significant things in life? Do we have urgency for the kingdom of God? Is is the gospel something that is just pressing on your soul, or are we just complacent about it? Like we're called to have urgency. A number of years ago, I had I had this fairly significant um, dream. Sometimes God speaks to me in dreams, and I know it's a, a God dream I call them because I wake up and it stays with me. You know, sometimes you have a dream and you wake up and you're like, oh, that was cool. And then you just forget it. But every now and then you have these dreams which it's like you wake up and it's just, it's there. And you can't get rid of it. And sometimes God will give me something like, I have this dream of a friend of mine, not a Christian guy, and we were on, uh, on escalators. And I was on one escalator um, going one way and he was on the escalator going the other way. And we locked eyes, and as he locked eyes with me, he said, why didn't you tell me? And I woke up. I was like, oh, God's telling you something new. And it was like God was saying, there is an urgency. If you truly believe this gospel, if you truly believe that in Christ is salvation, in Christ is eternal life, in Christ is fullness of life, he says that I've I've come to give you life and life to the full abundance of life. If that is the gospel we believe in, that it's found in Christ. We have so many friends and so uh, many family members and people all around us who we say we care about, but do we have the urgency? Do we sense the need to actually tell them about this gospel that has arrested our hearts? Are we captivated by the gospel? Because Jesus is looking for a church, he's looking for disciples that are captivated by the gospel. That aren't going through life like we, we do with everything in the West, particularly in Adelaide, where we just cruise around and we're like, oh yeah, that's alright. You know, someone says to you, how's your day? You go, yeah, not bad. What's not bad? Is it good? Is it bad? What is it? Like, that's how we roll. It's not bad. No, it's, it's, there's just this like middle ground. And God's calling us to not to, to not be a not bad culture. But actually, do you know what? I'm going good. Life's good. He is right. I'm not at 
actually going very well. Let me tell you about it if you're prepared to actually talk about it. <laughs> and if you ask someone, how are you going? And they go, not bad. You should go, well, it's not bad, Jack. What are you going well or not going well? <laughs> if they say not going well, you ask the question, so listen to them. Don't be like, oh, I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> I really don't want to say well, I really didn't mean how are you going. I just was doing the part. But we're actually called to have an urgency in it and this, something that compels us. It says Christ loves compels us. We're called to have an urgency in the gospel. And Jesus is saying that is a cost. It's actually a cost. It will, it will require something from you. It will require your energy. It will require your investment. It will require courage and boldness. Because right now, some of you are thinking about people, particularly you guys, in your schools. Friends who you say you love, who don't know Jesus, and not once have you proclaimed the gospel to them. Not once have you done something as simple as saying, you want to come to church. And I'm not doing this to heap condemnation. We're going to get to the really good bit in a second. What I am doing is to light a little fire in your guts. To stir you up a little bit, because that's what Jesus would do. Does he mean that much, or does he just mean this little bit on the side? Because a disciple is following Jesus. And there's a cost that comes with it. He calls us to this place of urgency. Lastly, this, this third thing that he brings. But there's still another. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And what he's talking about here is something that just rages in our society today, and it's the spirit of apathy. No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, strong, strong words from Jesus here. But I want to, I want to encourage you because with these statements of Jesus that are quite confronting, that really would like it sort of makes you think, oh, how the heck am I supposed to live this life? Like, that, oh, I want to claim Christianity, but I also want to do this, and I also want to do this. I want to take this part of the world, I want to take this part of the world, and just bring that into my life. But that's okay, and we start justifying and reasoning why we, why it's okay to, you know, be, be drinking and getting stuck into certain things and getting into relationships that are not really God edifying and all these things. And we justify that, say, oh, but it's okay because Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He does. But when we start combining the two, it says something about your heart and where you're at. And I say this in love because this is so much of my story. You know, as a, as a late teen, I would have called myself a Christian. And I would have said, yeah, I'm following Jesus. But, and a lot like I was a good kid, I was a pretty good Christian, but there was something that I was just drawn to different things that probably weren't exactly what God was calling me to. 
life to the full. This is what he's done for me. Yes, I'm going to jump in. Yes, I'm going to start walking with Jesus. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. And when he says, I want you just to give up this, it's not, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It's like, do you know what? I know that you'll sustain me and empower me and you'll enable me to do that. In Christ. And so he's calling his disciples, he's calling you, each and every one of you. He's calling me. That daily, that's why it says daily to take up our cross. What does that mean? It means to die to the old and step into the new. Every day, every day, to die to the old and step into the new. To remind ourselves of who He has made us, beloved children of God. Do you know that's who you are? If you have received Jesus, if you have said yes to Jesus, you are not someone wandering aimlessly, but you are a beloved child of God. You are in the field with the great treasure. So pick the treasure up. Sell the old stuff. Because it's worthless. It's worthless. It will never sustain you. It doesn't matter how many likes you have on social media. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram. None of that stuff will ever meet the need that goes beneath that. None of that stuff will ever supply your... It will never sustain you. The only thing that can sustain you is the knowledge of who you have become in Christ Jesus, that you are a beloved child of God, that you are already accepted. So if I get one like on Instagram, doesn't matter. I don't have to take more clothes off and take a different angle to get more likes. I don't have to do that. I don't have to start acting in a particular way to receive and gain their acceptance. I don't have to do that because I'm already accepted. I'm already accepted. And sometimes in life, we'll get the band up, but sometimes in life, I think we'd rather be accepted for who we're not than be rejected for who we are. We'd rather be accepted for who we're not than rejected for who we are. And so we do certain things to gain the acceptance when God is telling you, no, 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 no. The treasure's there. You're already accepted. Receive it. And as you receive it, what you realize is that you are walking discipleship that the cost actually is not that great in comparison to the eternal glory which you are stepping into and inviting others into it so I actually want to invite you into that space we're gonna we're gonna stand we're gonna sing and as we do we're gonna pray Start those keys if you like. I want to invite you to stand wherever you are. And you know, in my life, I, I just really love Jesus. I really love Jesus. And the reason I love Jesus is because He first loved me. And I make no, 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 no. Choose the wrong thing, like he coming back to the fact that I 
because of what my son has done. I don't see your shame. What I see is your salvation. I don't see the filth. I see your faith. I see my son. And because he sees us through his son, he says that I see you as made new. And as we come to the Father with that amazing revelation, we come before him, we fall on our knees and we simply just say yes to Jesus. Wash away the old, let me step in you. The old is gone, the new has come. You stand as a redeemed Christian and you stand as a disciple of Jesus and he actually sends his spirit, empowers us to go into the world and to do the things he's calling us to do. Well, he lays down the challenge, it's not a challenge of you must do this, it's a challenge of come follow me, that's what he says. He says, this is the reality, come follow me. He said, we're doing it together. I've got my armor edge, I'm empowering you, I'm walking with you. I'll enable you to be this person that I'm calling you to be because that is what my grace and righteousness is doing. So I want to invite those of you who feel like some of you, and this is going to require a bit of boldness, but those of you who feel like maybe you've been a fan, but not a true follower. Maybe you feel like in your heart you desperately want to be that, that follower of Jesus, but you realize that you've been on the sideline cheering one minute and then doing this the next. And God's stirring you up and saying, no, it's time to, time to receive the treasure. It's time to receive the grace that I would desire to pour out upon you and to recognize who you are and to step out of the crowd and step into the game. To get out of being a fan and become a follower. If that's you, I'd call you forward. I'd love to pray with you. And we'll have some of the other leaders to come and pray and speak life and encourage. If that's you, come forward. There's more than one. I know there's more than one.
against what thou for me.